1: Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host to this weekly show, Matt Peverill, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, um... You see I you know, jumble the names up there. You know, we found out this week that it's very likely that Kevin Colbert will stick to um, what we've known for some time, technically, that he's only contracted uh, to the end of the 2022 draft. It's 2022 now. The draft's, you know, four months away um, or so. And, you know, now that we've also seen requests for uh, Omar Khan to be interviewed by the Bears. And I think a couple of other teams might have even put a request in there for him as well. So it'll be exciting to see. Some people, you know, would see that as a massive loss for the Steelers in terms of contracts. Others think um, they'd prefer to lose him than they would to lose Brandon Hunt, who leads, you know, the scouting for the Steelers um, and has done for for several years now. And so the Steelers are going to be faced with a really really tough choice there, Um, you know, moving forward, particularly if Kevin Colbert doesn't hang around I you know, think Kevin Colbert's obviously done a terrific job with this Pittsburgh Steelers franchise since before Big Ben um, was even in the team. You know, it's, I think it's 22 seasons or so, um, 21 seasons that Kevin Colbert's been involved um, you know, with, the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That being said, you know, there's a big shift and I'm going to be covering it on this show once the season actually ends. Uh, to trading back in the draft and the value that you can have there and he's quite on record for not being one that would like to trade back. so um, perhaps you know they, they, we, we would benefit from a times a change of philosophy. Um, but we'll have lots of time to sort of discuss that over the next you know few weeks and months ahead. Um, as you get to the draft we get you know more information, we get through free agency, et cetera um and I, I just have to say as well I've, I've been feeling rather unwell this week so I may uh apologies for any pauses I've uh, got a pretty croaky throat at the moment even if it's not coming across the microphone uh but you know on today's show I wanted to cover off um a couple of bits around contracts and free agency and cap and draft um you know, all that relates to the draft and then of course we our usual look back at the um the rookie performances for the Steelers the previous week which was against the Ravens woohoo we've got a playoff game um and then also look at some of the, you know, rookies that might in, might be really impactful for the Chiefs this week or that we still need to, you know, sort of game plan against. So we're going to do that mostly in the second part of the show. The first part of the show, I'm going to focus on a couple of these sort of cap, um, you know, free agency draft. Sort of elements. And I actually, you know, I, I called out and said, you know, I'd love to hear from anyone on, on questions. It's been ages since I got a question. Um, and if you do have questions, you can email me um, those at AussieSteeler91 at gmail.com. And that's A U S I E S T E E L E R 91 at gmail.com. And I had Matt O'Grady, um, he emailed me um, a really nice message about all the BTC shows and um, chatting with Bad, and you know, for a lot of his shows. Um, but he said, he, he shared with me a question because he said he's really excited for our future. Um, but, you know, what are our biggest free agency and draft needs, um, especially other than QB and O-line, of course? Now, that, they, they're great points to make. I mean, some people, you know, I think, every, you know, If we did a poll, I think 98% of Steelers Steelers fans would sit there and say QB and O-line for sure um, after this year. But that becomes a hot debate after that. Um, Some people, you'd be surprised, some people aren't completely anti-Mason. Some people, uh, you know, think, you know, Kendrick Green's never going to be it. Um, Other people want to give him time, like myself. Um, you know, some people are really, really high on Kevin Dotson. Other people think he's good, but not not great. Um, some people think we should retain Shooks because we could do that probably for about two million. That might be worth it. He's a good depth piece, but definitely not as a starter. of that, um, he's offered more than Banner, and all his his best, you know, ability is availability, and he's been available um, in the last couple of seasons. And then you've got Dan Moore, who's starting to impress, and even he's got some ring endorsements from Ben. A lot of people don't want Trey Turner back, so the other line is clearly an obvious one there. But then. You know, I think, you know, there's a number of, you know, you can look across the board, Um, you know, we need depth at the defensive line. You know, we definitely need a a, a great cornerback, whether that's through the draft or it's through free agency. Um, And so, Matt, the the question that you've asked, I'm going to address technically over a lot of shows um, going forward, but I can give you a bit of a feel, you know, for where I'm thinking at the moment, my thinking and where my head's at at the moment. Um, But, you know, some people are out, you know, casting Devin Bush aside, that means you need an inside linebacker because I don't think they're going to keep Chauvet unless he agrees to a new contract um, that's very different. And, you know, there are some teams that are really poor, um, some teams that are really poor at the middle linebacker position. So he could easily probably find a job um, elsewhere, potentially. Um, it's just whether he likes Pittsburgh, he's upgraded his family already once in the last 12 months, you know, does he want to stay? Can he see um, greater value in staying? Uh, and then, but wide receiver is one that I think is deeply forgotten and you've got to think it's Kevin Colbert's last draft. Would it be a Kevin Colbert draft without a wide receiver? Well, I mean, we didn't get one last year, but, um, you know, we got Rico bussy um, who I predicted could be a six or seventh three-round pick for them. Um, and then they were able to get him on, on straight onto the practice squad undrafted. But, you know they're gonna have to fill the wide receiver position because they're losing James Washington. Ray Ray, you know, isn't really going to cut it. Um, and they probably will lose Juju. I think they should retain Juju. I like some of the comparisons to a modern day Heinz Ward in terms of how the Steelers value him and what he brings to the table. Um, but you know, Jeff Hartman's talked about it, uh, Arthur Motes has talked about it, and they, they talk about it the same way, you know, Jeffrey Benedict's talked about it. Why would you want? If you're due to come back to the Steelers and play the role that he's played over the last few years in this just slot go-to guy, people say that sounds great, but he's not being able to actually go out wide, you know, run a lot of deep balls. He he should be all over the field. Um, And that will allow Deontay, I think, to truly become a wide receiver number one. He is a wide receiver number one. He may not be the... Best wide receiver, number one in the league, but he's pretty darn good. Um, and I think, you know, he needs a solid number two to allow him to continue to develop. And I think Chuju could be that, really, really could be that. Um, and I don't think he and Ben have, a good, you know, good rapport for no reason either. So there are a number of positions there. Um, you know, we've probably sorted out running back. I mean, I, people say this is crazy with the emergence of Gentry, but, you know, if there's a decent tight end, this is a good draft tight end. If there's one that falls to the fifth or sixth round, go get one. Uh, if you want to use your tight ends, they do tend to have a concussion or some other sort of injury each year that puts them out for even just a couple of games. We saw that with Pat Freame with the sheet. go get one. Um, I don't think you know people might be horrified to hear that, but you know perhaps we use a seventh rounder on someone that we don't want to see um, go to because as Dave Schofield likes to say, the seventh round is basically securing. Um, you know, an undrafted free agent for your practice squad um, at worst. But then we've seen a guy like Trey Norwood emerge this year for the Steelers. So, you know, I I think you can look right across the board. Um, If you're losing Terrell Edmonds, you you know, you could say safety is a key position. But I can tell you what the Steelers have spent um, this year. Uh, We we will will have done this, um, you know, before the season, if you rewind six months ago, but, this year, the seal spent 29 million on the corner the quarterback position. Now, that obviously involves uh, Big Ben's contract. They spent five million at the running back position. To be expected, when you have you know Naji on a rookie contract, McFarlane, Belage, Snell, Snell's on a rookie contract, McFarlane's on a rookie contract. They spent eight million at the wide receiver position. Um, again, not a surprise with you know the way Juju's contract was structured with avoidable years. You've got Deontay rookie contract, Washington on a rookie contract, Ray Ray was on a million a year, um, you know, and then you've got Cody White and Rico Bussy there on on rookie deals, um, and you know, then they spent 7 million on the tight end position, most of that um very much around Eric Ebron's contract. Um, O-line, they spent 15 million again. Look at all those rookies. Um, trade ch- Turner was cheap. Um, and that's 66 million there on offense. On defense, the Steelers spent 73 uh million. They're 23 million on the interior defensive line. Um, you know on the edge side of things it was 10 million it was 11 million on linebackers um, they, again Sheldon's contract range is a big part of that 6 million on safety it's because you've got two guys on their rookie deals that's going to change is going to need a big deal who wants to get paid like TJ um, obviously not to that complete extent but he, you know, he'll get a mega contract probably in that 72 to $6, 76 million range um, and then quarterback the Steelers spent 22 million um, Joe Hayden's contract obviously coming in there Um, That's 2021. At 2022, right now, the Steelers actually have the cheapest offense. Now, obviously, we don't have a quarterback. Uh, We're going to be two wide receivers down. Um, We're a couple of O linemen now down, but that's 50 million currently slated. The Dolphins are at 54, the Bears are at 55, the Jags are at 56. There's some young teams. There's some turnover there um, for all of them as well. Um, And then you've got Washington at 58. And then there's a big jump by 12 million to the Bengals, um, who have got some young guys in their own line um, as well. So there's some room to be, you know, it's definitely some room to be spent here when you think the defense is only spending 110 million as well. So it's 160 million on contract right now. Um, You know, and then if the cap, you know, is. Definitely at, at that sort of 208 mark, you know, you're talking a difference of about 55 million. Now, knock off 10 to do business during the season, you know, you've still got 45 or so million um, there, 42 million, the worst absolute worst case um, that you've, you know, and, and you've got more because you've got restructures. And we talked about a little bit about them over the last couple of weeks, quick, you know, quickly on, you know, who could, where cap could be found. So you've got that, like, $45 million or so um, there. You know, you can do a lot with that. Um, you know, you, you're you probably going to be able to get an alignment or two, um, you know, and, and I'll be able to revisit this more when Over the Cat produced their regular free agency guide. We can look at the averages and the positions and what have you because the numbers are a little bit out of whack with last year. Um, I did go have a look at that to answer Matt, Matt's question, um, but I couldn't because um, when I looked back at it, the fact that the salary cap dropped so much, it really skewed um, some of the results. But when you look at that, as I say, you know, we're spending $40 million on the interior defensive line next year. So to it, you know, really, they're going to have to really th- think hard. You know, he's got to be back. Um, Edge, there's going to be spending $33 million, A lot of that's TJ, um, but there's still any depth there. You could see that easily become another $40 million spend. Uh, linebacker i think they're better to go through the draft personally if they' if they're going to dedicate a top you know a top one two even early three round if they can trade up um their to the linebacker i think that's better value than spending money on a proven linebacker um, but i think you can get a veteran around 30 who's a decent name for three or four million at the same time uh, safety to spend 10 million uh next year to do with i think that's Minka's fifth year option involved um but look i, th- I think you know that's going to rise between you know I would say four and eight million depending on who they're going to fill in there at strong safety or re-signing Terrell and then eight million at cornerback. You know that's probably going to be plus twenty million. So if you just talk about all the changes I said there, you're probably adding thirty million plus to the cap to begin with, which means that tackle um, and then and, 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 and Armstead um, is is available at left tackle in free agency. You know on current projections. You know, he's probably anywhere between 10 and 14 million. You may not actually have that money. So you're going to have to spend um, a high draft pick on that position. Moving across to a couple of other key things, um, what I did find interesting is uh, over the cap, basically went back. and looked at big spenders and non spenders, and, and looked at the way money's been spent over the salary cap as part of their free agency review. And they published this on April 2nd, last year. There's loads of numbers you can go in and have a look at uh, there. And I actually have covered some of these in different shows after that date. But the key takeaway when they ranked all the teams is the average um, per year spend um, in 2018 to 2020 went significantly up um, when you compare it to that in 2021. And the Steelers were actually, it's quite interesting. They were fifth in the, they were fifth in the league um, at 56.1% rise from 18 million to 28 and a half million. Um, so that's quite interesting there. And then the average guarantee that they had um, went up, you know, Almost 25% um, from 13.1 million to 16.4 million um, for their contracts. So or oh, sorry, they guaranteed, their spend, the average guarantee spend went up um, by 25%. If you look at what their average was of the 13.1 million, and then where it went um in 2021 to 16.4 million. So you're starting to see the steelers sort of come draw closer to other teams in getting involved in free agency and you know we're one of the teams with the you know with with a, quite a high um, projected um, cap availability um, you know in this coming off season and so I think you might see that stick and particularly as you move forward you know if you lose an Omar Khan um, and you have a younger guy at you know in there as a GM like someone like a Brandon Hunt which they could well do um, you know and there's definitely draft picks on offer because he was a minority candidate but I don't you know that's tokenism, that's not okay um, for the Steelers to do that, he needs to earn it on merit, but the Steelers are the people again, they where the organisation that brought in the Rooney Rule, so it wouldn't be tokenism but you could, if you're given for some of the other franchises, particularly people um, given some of the coaches that were, were fired before other coaches, um, you could imagine there'd be other teams that try and milk the draft picks um, in the, that situation, but needless to say, I think the two things to note there: fifty-six percent change in um, spending in free agency, um, and and a twenty-five percent um, increase in the guarantee being offered to players as well. So, when you look at twenty twenty-two, we currently have forty-three players um, contracted to the Steelers now. The deceptive thing there is it's actually a little bit less because Ben is there, Juju is there on avoid, the avoidable contracts. Um, you know, Eric Ebron's there, um, but he's a Witherspoon, with a spoon. Um, so the money isn't in there from the way that, tra- that trade works. So it's a little bit convoluted with whatever the cap's reporting right now, but we're probably sitting more at like 40 players plus a couple of cuts. So there's, there's going to be a lot of people to fill. Um, and you think and retain assuming, well, you know, the practice squad, um, conditions stay the same, you'd have to think they're going to bring back a lot of guys, and I hope they bring back like a guy like a Kyle Joseph um, and some of the other guys on there. I think Carlos Waitman um, is a key one for them to to bring back and to challenge big press, particularly, you know, especially if they don't go with him this week. I hope they do go with him this week. Um, To be quite frank, I thought he played really well in Kansas City last time, Um, even though we only had two punts. But that's just gives you an idea of where that's sitting in a lot of that Um, you know, uh, guys in the defense and then those rookies as well. So there's going to need to be some money spent, um, you know, going back to Matt's question, there's going to need to be some money spent in different positions. If I'm asked to really put my money where my mouth is, I think cornerback, linebacker on defence, yes, you want depth of defensive line, but you can find that later in the draft. You can find that through people that are cut. You can find that, you know, by taking people off practice squads, all the rest of it. Um, but I think cornerback is massive and I, and I would like to see the Steelers use a first, um, a second or a first rounder on it um, if they can. And I would like to see them trade back to get more capital to, if they need to, to do so um, while getting a good O-line um, as well. But there's some linebackers that could fall um, to where the Pittsburgh Steelers will roughly pick. And if you're getting a top linebacker there and one of the top three or four tackles aren't on the board um, or the top two interior defensive um, interior offensive linemen, why not? Um, you know, they need a fast guy. Um, I believe in Terrell Austin. As long as he can fit the scheme, as long as they're not trying to do something like with, you know, Justin Lane of converting, you know, a guy that's great at man-to-man to zone, mm-hmm. we'll be all right, um, you know. The Steelers can draft and develop a cornerback. They've got to pick the right guy to do it. Um, Next thing I quickly wanted to cover, and then we're going to take a break, and then we'll get into the the usual, you know, rookie swing of things. um, Is that? Over the cap to a rookie um, class evaluation, and it's basically, a, there's a D methodology behind it, um, but it's basically, it, it tries to bring an insight into how successful teams have been securing talent from the rookie acquisition process from a contractual standpoint um, based on the 2011 collective bargaining agreement. Um, and so essentially, each player is assigned a snap index by adding the portion of snaps he participated in for his original team during his first four accrued seasons Um, a line in a range between 0 and 4. The rookie-class snap index is then calculated by summing up all the players' snap indices that belong to the rookie class in question. So if you go back all the way to 2011, the Steelers, you know, are in the bottom 8 also with a 6.939. The Lions are at the bottom with 3.0. The average is 8.8 for the league. The median was 8.13. And at the time, the Broncos brought a 16.8. Um, Pretty cool. Pretty nice work from, from the Broncos there. The Steels are then mid all the pack the next year in 2012 um, with with an, an 8.997. Um, so almost nine. The average was 9.9. So you see the Steels coming back um, toward the average. In 2013, um, the Steels were 8.558. Um, there, so you're starting to see things creep up, and then I won't go through all the other years um, completely. But if you go to 2021, and as I said, usually the range is between a zero and a four. There are three teams above four, and I, and I don't have the exact um, specification as to whether um, this includes. I'm assuming this is uh, for the full season, but it was definitely through um, the majority of the season. But they said, uh, three teams above four. they're the Lions with a 4.485. Now they had a number of key guys like yeah um, the Penny you know they had um, you know the, a wide receiver there. they had a, they had a couple of really key guys. Then you have the Jets with a 4.305. Obviously, you think Zach Wilson. Um, you think of some of the other guys, other guys that they picked in the draft as well. But then the Steelers are sitting there at four point zero two nine, and we've talked numerous times on this show around the snaps of the rookies and the fact that we're at that four. You're showing that utilization. Um, you're showing that the Steelers are really leveraging. Um, the, the rookies that they've got, and, and it beats last year where we were only a 3.8, and we were, you know, really down the bottom of the league. Um, we we're in the you know the bottom bottom six, um, sorry, bottom seven, um, for that, and, and that wasn't really good enough um when you looked at it from that way, but kind of to be expected with COVID and, and challenges in the preseason, what have you. But what it means is really because the Steelers haven't been in a nine range since 2018, and as I said, this is about their, their first four accrued seasons. We were then a 5.9696 in 2019. Then we were a 3.896 in 2020. Now we're a 4.029. Between 2019 and onwards, you're going to start to see a real difference in the snaps. Now, obviously the 2019 number and 2020 number, between um, 22 number in particular skewed by like not having like a Devin Bush, for example, um, you know, for a lot of the season. So, You've got to think about these things. You've got to think about an Alex Highsmith who was coming along. You've got to think about Loudermilk who's only, you know, just been working his way into the team, you know, a Trey Norwood and what have you. So, you know, you've got to think of the lack of snaps for like a James Washington um, going back and how they influenced numbers in 2019 and 2020. Uh, but needless to say, I think it's pretty cool that the Steelers are at the top there. Um, I think it's been out of necessity with injuries and what have you, but we have seen how much the rookies have contributed um, on offense, and we're going to talk about what they did last week when we come back right after this break. Um, But, yeah, looking forward to talking through everything in part two from the rookies' performances last week and to previewing some of the rookies on Kansas City um, that we need to be mindful of if the Steelers are going to change uh, this 20-point underdog uh, situation Forum. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host that likes to put you in the sh- in the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of <laughs> Mike Tomlin, uh, Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Brandon Hunt, Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster, which they did this year. Um, who knows what we can do in the playoffs now? Um, but in 2021, 2022 and beyond. So you know, in part one, we talked a lot about different things relating to free agency and the rookie class. Um, time for part two. First thing to kick off with: Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Big Ben's final regular season game away. AFC North football. People, you know, were, you know, there's a lot of league that hope the Steelers would lie down and just end their season retirement party for Big Ben, but it wasn't to be an overtime winner. Pittsburgh, uh, you know, 19 first downs on the day. Thirty, you know, rush attempts for seventy-nine yards. Ben with thirty um, completions from forty-four attempts, two hundred and forty-four yards, one reception, one TD. Only got sacked once, um, you know, only one turnover. But Baltimore had three, you know, including a really great interception from Camp Sutton. But yeah, looking at the rookies, Najee Harris. Um, you know, he had a difficult day, uh, with the elbow there, which meant Clay, Chase Claypool led the, led the rushing attempt, um, led the, led the rushing yards, um, with an, only three attempts. Uh, but Najee Harris 11 attempts for 28 yards, along of 15, four targets, four receptions, 27 yards. Um, it's just some key plays um, toward the end of that game. Some game-changing, you know, plays to level out the score and get it to overtime. Um, the game-changing plays to get down the field um, in overtime. Terrific performance from him. Pat Fremuth, nine targets, six receptions, 53 yards, along with 14. Um, he was tremendous on the day, some key catches, um, you know, being able to feed into Ben so that they changed the playing through it to other people, you know, being enough of a target that you can pass to Gentry, who had, you know, the longest reception on the day, if my memory serves me correctly, um, there with a 39 with, with a 25-yard um, long pass. He had four receptions of five targets. Who would have thought this? early on in the season, but for 39 yards, um, terrific performance there. Um, but that's all inspired as well by the fact of the attention that Pat Freeman gets. Um, on the defensive side of things, you know, again, we saw lots of contributions, you know, uh, you know for everyone across the day, um, you know, whether they were, you know, you know, whether they were rookies or otherwise, um, TJ obviously almost got real close. Um, and it was really disappointing to find out in the last 24 hours that, um, you know, that they're not going to award him that sack, but he'll share the record with Strahan, and that's no main feat. You know, Australian's a fantastic player. Um, but, you know, the, the. and I think TJ Watt it just makes him hungry to go out and, you know, really get it again. Uh, but in terms of the rookie perspective, you know, it, it was interesting. Trey Norwood had one tackle on the day. Isaiah Loudermilk only had one tackle on the day. You didn't really see, you know, much more contributions with with who we're, we're thinking about, um, you know, when it comes to the defensive side of things. Um, big press, he, kicked, he had eight punts on the day, busy man for just under 300 yards, an average of 37, long of 49. Um, you know, he he's, does have some pressure on him from Corliss Waitman. He really, really does. Um, and I think, you know, Ethan, the most biggest big press fan, um, would sit there and say, course, Waitman, you know, deserves to be, you know, really considered. Um, but they'll get to battle it out over the off season and preseason next year. And, you know, who knows who the kicker is going to be in 2022. Um, but they won't just cast aside their, you know, six round draft pick in, in Presley Harvin there, um, who has faced a lot, um, on a, on a personal level, um, there, from the from the starters' perspective, obviously you had um, you know no Dan Moore Junior. this week, no Kendrick Green that they came into play again. Um, So that's, you know, not again, sorry, that that came into play, which is a big difference to what we've heard all year when we talk about snap counts. Um, Obviously, Najee started um, there from that perspective. And, you know, technically Raider actually started the game. So Freemuth didn't even get the start, if you want something a bit technical there, um, you know, from that perspective. But... Pat Fremes played 66% of the snaps. Najee Harris, 53%. That wasn't by the Steelers' choice. That was, you know, much determined by that elbow um, injury that he had. Cody White played 9% of the offensive snaps um, from that perspective. Uh, Looking on the defense, 20% of the defensive snaps for Isaiah Loudermilk there. Derek Tuska, um, 10% for him. Trey Norwood, 10%. Derry um, played 75% of the special team snaps Trey 31% uh, Loudermilk only 6% Preston Harvin obviously did his punts um, and, and and held the kicks so he played on uh, 12 special team snaps for 38% so kind of a lighter day from the Steelers rookies but the Steelers are in the playoffs because of key contributions for their rookies all season and You know, I think coming up this week, you know, Ben, in his what could be his final, you know, midweek press conference, he clearly outlined the fact that they didn't have Pat Freeman when they went to Kansas City last time. He was out with a concussion. And also, just on that press conference, if you think Ben was mucking around and doesn't care about this week, no, he was eating the media for breakfast. Uh, You know, he does care about winning. They don't care about being 20 point underdogs. I'm sure it means that he'd like to have fun. They're not taking it nearly as lightly as they're making out. Um, And, you know, some people, I I think a lot of people won't fall for it, but I think some people do, Um, you know, but I think this Steelers team, you know, I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm not, you know, putting the mickey on them, but I do really think they can come out and do something this week and surprise a few people. Um, But regardless, awesome effort to be in the playoffs. And the rookies um, that we've talked about each and every week have played a really key part um, in them getting there. From a Kansas City side of things, we previewed them a couple of weeks ago, so I'm really going to go over the key guys. Needless to say, Creed Humphrey, someone that Steel fans well across, many Steel fans wanted him particularly when he was available in that second round. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of people that would never be convinced that Pat Freemuth was the better pick. I really love the pick. Um, I like the ability, ability to develop someone. I think that Pat if is someone that, you know, for a lot of teams probably was a first-round pick um, or could have been a first-round pick, but they had other needs. Um, you know, he missed a lot of his last final rookie year and final uh, year in college as well. That would have changed where he was picked um, if he'd played, you know, all of that and not, you know, not being injured or played without injury. Um, but anyway, let's say back to Creed Humphrey, uh, PFF scores had him as the best centre um, I think in the league this year, all the second best by the end of the season. Um, he's played almost hundred percent of the snaps in every game, uh, bar three um, his season low for offensive snaps is 94%. So he's seen a lot. He's seen a lot of action, um, you know, this year With the season low, I think it was a 51 snaps um, in the game against their game against Baltimore. Um, and then a high of 86 snaps um, against Buffalo in, in week five, um, you know, he played 66% when they played the – sorry, he played 66 snaps when they played the Steelers. He's had a terrific year. Um, you know, as I say, yeah. 99% of the offensive snaps, uh, 20% of the special team snaps. He's had four penalties on the year. Um, four of those were holding. So, you know, I'd love to see Hayward try and, you know, get some holding penalties there. Um, you know, if they can, I'd love to see what in Steelers' interior um, rush, whether they're moving guys around, or what have you, can really, you know, make life difficult for Creed Humphrey, you know, to put uh, Mahomes on the back foot, and, you know, send him backward, you know, create second and third alongs, um, you know, and, and really start to put them under pressure that way too. That could be a way to attack Creed Humphrey or, you know, push through to get some sacks. And, and break that confidence. He's someone I think they really need to try and target um, on that offensive line, um, you know, and break that mentality because I don't feel like Creed Humphrey's been deeply challenged or, you know, th- you know. and that's so I say from a rookie perspective, there's probably some other linemen that they can target as well. But I think I wonder what would happen if he could throw Creed Humphrey off his game this week. Then you got Trey Smith as well, who's played in 17 games. Um he started in 17 games uh, on their offensive line. I think he's been played on the right guard position, I think if my owner serves me correctly. Um, but he's played 100% of those offensive snaps every game. Um, and then he's played anywhere ranging from, you know, 14% of the special team snaps all the way up to 31% of those special team snaps. Um, he's recovered one fumble in the season. He's position numbered 65, like our Dan Moore Jr. Um, he's been called for eight penalties on the year, six holding, one false start, um, one offside. Uh, so again, he's somewhat can the Steelers expose him. Um, can they try and expose the gap? Um, you know that's you know being tried to be that's tried to be created in the run game um, between him and, and Creed Humphrey. That'll be that'll be there to see. Um, he's a guy out of uh, Tennessee. If anyone was wondering, and he was drafted in the sixth round. And they've got a guy that uh, played three snaps, 4% of the offensive snaps against us um, in the Steelers in week 16. And that's Makai Griffin-Stewart. He's a tight end, 260 pounds, out of Pittsburgh, funnily enough, um, six foot five, So he can break some hearts there um, if he does something this week. But he also um, was listed. I think he had a helmet in the Denver game but didn't play, um, where Kansas City came away in week 18 with a four-point win against their divisional rival. Um who knows what he could do this week. He's position number 48. I just think they've used him against us once. Um, They obviously see something. Maybe it was with Kelsey um, being out um, for that game or, you know, he came to the game injured. Sorry. Um, He was definitely out for that game. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's where they see something, but regardless, you never know when it's playoffs. You never know if they want to try and show, you know, you know, use plays that they haven't shown all season. So, Look out for number 48 um, on Kansas City. Um, and perhaps there's some fans listening to this that remember what he was like when he was playing in Pittsburgh. Then you got Noah Gray. He's another tight end, Six foot four, two 240 pounds um, out of uh, Duke there. Um, he's someone that sort of hit my mock draft sometimes in the sixth round uh, when I was doing them pre-last year. Um, he's played... He played a season high um, of offensive snaps against the Steelers in week 16. That's the thing to note. He had two targets for two catches for 12 yards. 100% you know, he caught 100% of his targets there. Um, played 50% of the special team snaps that same week, which was a low on the season. So obviously they were focused on him in his starting role. Um, you know, he's got 36 yards on the season or seven receptions, one TD, two first downs. Um, and then his total seven touches um, from, from, scrimmage line, uh, played 26% of all offensive snaps on the season so far and 70% of special team snaps. He's positioned number 83, so look out for him. He runs a 4.55 40 yard time, so he's pretty quick for a big man, um, you know, as well. So, you know, stay tuned to see what he might do this week, but let's hope through the steals and nullifying him um, and the other tight end that we just looked at as well Um, too. Then you got Derek Gore. He's someone to be really mindful of, that running back. We saw him do a little bit against the Steelers um, out of Alabama and La La Monroe. Um, You know, he went undrafted, um, played 11 games so far in his career, 2021. Um, You know, they're, they're all in 2021. You know, his season high from a rushing perspective was was back against the Giants um, in week eight and then in week 16 um, against us. So season high was 48 yards. Sorry, season high, high. was in week 14 against the Raiders with 66 yards. Second big best game was 48 yards against New York Giants and then 43 yards against the Steelers. Um, there. He also had 61 yards in the receiving um, game, which was a season high for him at an average of um, 20.33 per reception. Um, if you remember back to what he, you know, carved this up a little bit there. Uh, no touchdowns um, against the Steelers, but that's not to say that he's not capable of them. He played 28% of the offensive snaps in week 16 against the Steelers um, and 38% of the special team snaps. That was almost a season high on the offensive side, but he did play thirty percent against the Raiders um, in Week fourteen, um, and it wasn't certainly wasn't near a season high for special teams. Um, you know, needless to say, he's someone that Steelers just got to be mindful of him. Really, that's what it comes down to. You know, he's someone that can make plays, and his position number forty. Uh, then the next guy I wanted to look at was Nick Bolton. That's the linebacker that was missing in the Steelers game. Um, he's played in sixteen games this season. Uh, He's played a a minor number of – his season low for a defensive snaps is 28% against Dallas in Week 11, um, and his season high was 100% uh, against the Chargers in Week 15. Uh, He's had three pass defences on the season, 112 tackles, um, combined 70 solo, uh, 11 tackles for a loss, three quarterback hits, no sacks, one uh, fumble recovery for a a, a TD. Um, You know, so great – sort of, you know, rookie season from him out of Iowa State. I think it was, oh, yeah, Missouri, sorry. Missouri, Missouri, Missouri. Um, And then... Yeah, from his perspective, I think he's having a great rookie year. He does allow a quarterback rating of 113 when targeted. Um, he's allowed an 80% completion rate um, with 36 completions on 45 targets for 429 yards. He's blitzed uh, 35 times for 5 hurries. Those three quarterback knockdowns I mentioned, 8 pressures. He's only missed 3.4% of his tackles. That's 4 tackles um, out of 112 combined. That's incredible um, from him there. He runs a 4.640 yard time as well. If you anyone's interested he's played 10% of special team snaps so far on the season 60% of overall and defensive snaps and you know Bolton number 54 will be out there to uh to make life difficult for the Steelers in the passing and the run game final guy to preview and then it's wishing the Steelers good luck for their playoff game is uh Zane Anderson defensive back six foot two 205 pounds Um, out of BYU, undrafted. He played in week one. He played against us in week two uh, on special teams where he played almost 70% of the special team snaps. He's only played special team snaps uh, for Kansas City, um, you know, in this season, and that was in week one with seven. Week 16 against Pittsburgh with 18. Week 17, he played 17 snaps. Um, Week um, 18, he played 20 uh, special team snaps for 80% of those for them. Number thirty-nine, like our Minka, he's got only got one tackle in the season so far. And um, pass coverage, he's allowed one completion off one target, um, no yards. So it was quarterback rating of seventy-nine point two. Hasn't missed a tackle, but only made one tackle. Um, not much to really say there. But you know, maybe they see something they like in him. Um, maybe it's an injury piece. But you know, you never know what you know how they might use someone, particularly in the playoffs, where you know. You, you might want to use some things that people haven't seen before. With that, that's up this week's Steelers Warum. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell. Go Stealers.